Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. This week we will be kind of getting back on schedule. Uh, we're not going to jump around in season seven anymore. We'll just keep going linearly. So we're talking about season seven, episode seven, None Like It Hot, and season seven, episode eight, They Call the Wind Korea. Mm, season seven, number seven. It was a hot, hot day. And, um... BJ and, ugh, gosh, I am not here today. No. <laughs> BJ and Hawkeye got a package. <laughs> and inside the package, and you have to keep in mind, it was one of those hot heats, the humid, humid heat. And they got a bathtub, and they decided to keep it to themselves. But as they were decided to keep it to themselves, Winchester heard um, about the bathtub. So, of course, he bribed. Um, them to let him use it. So then he told Margaret, Margaret, um, then Radar needed it because he had a tonsil issue. So as Hawkeye was telling Radar, all the nurses heard, and the bathtub became a whole issue of everyone needs a turn, 10-minute increments. While So that's one of the plots. Another plot is Klinger was wearing a milk mink stole and all kinds of winter clothes, like one of those um, things that keep you thermal underwear in the whole works. And Colonel Potter told him if he could keep that on for 24 hours, that he could get his Section 8, because mm -hmm. that would prove that he's crazy. Um, so those are the two main things going on in this episode. I don't see something else. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see anything else. Those two are the two main... I mean, there's other things that happen. Yeah, radar Radar's getting his tonsils. tonsils, and then the... Yeah, and kind of tying those two together, of course, you had... Uh, oh, Sergeant, what's his Sergeant name? Sergeant Grove, R the Scrounder. Is it... Sergeant Roden? Oh, I thought it said Grove. <laughs> Roden, Sergeant Roden. And he was kind of like a rat, the so scrounger. that's a good name for him. Yeah, he... Yeah. Where he, he was like trying to, he, <laughs> he was trying to buy out the bathtub, and uh, and he couldn't believe that they weren't charging everyone for using it. Yeah, like they were just letting him use it. Mm -hmm. But you know, he has that personality where everything's about the money, and you know, how much can you make doing this? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Um, yeah, I'm. Just reading up on Abercrombie and Fitch quickly. Yeah, wondering if they were around back then. I was wondering that. Yeah, they were. Really? They were around since uh, before 1900. Uh, so, yeah, they were definitely around. And that is how you bought everything back then. You did look at, cal or at catalogs. Yeah, so I was just wondering if they were a mail-order catalog company. And I suppose, yeah. They must have been. You see the inside the historical Abercrombie and Fitch 1909 catalog. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Yep. Cool to think of. They must have thought ahead to order the bathtub, though. 
Yeah. Because usually things don't get there on time. Like, they usually get things like the bathtub in the middle of the winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... BJ comments that he was waiting six months... Uh, they've been waiting six months to get it. Which, by the way, if he arrived in MASH in September 1952, <laughs> which we know... That means it's now February 1953. February. So how do their seasons go, though? They're in the Northern Hemisphere, so oh, they're the okay. same seasons so as the us. the same seasons, okay. Although, to be fair, it is currently November 6th, and it's 70 degrees outside yes. in Northern Wisconsin. But it wouldn't be 120. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't. But, you know, it um, between this episode and the next the in the notes for the next episode it actually mentions that seasons and mash were really based on the writer's whimsy yes because they didn't look at it's it's summer and mm -hmm. the neck up next episode could be fall or winter yeah and also this was production code t410 and the next episode production code was t407 oh so technically this one was written After. later Yep, it was shown in October. So, yeah. You know, again, this just goes back to suspend your disbelief a little. And and I like the way they say it, the writer's whimsy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Abercrombie and Fitch. I love Charles at the beginning where he says, it's mine. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but my family would have sent me this. No, Charles, this is from our relatives, Amber Crumbie and Fitch. <laughs> well, then, I'll just uh, depend on your middle-class sensibilities. And if that doesn't work, I'll just bribe you silly. <laughs> no, Charles, there's no way. Oh, well, well, yes. Then would you be opposed to blackmail? Oh, camp! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, either way, I will be... I will. I have it written down. I will soon be luxuriating in that canvas Xanadu. Which, by the way, I had to look up Xanadu. Because I didn't know what that was. Apparently just a... a wonderful place to be. Yeah, a place of great like beauty, luxury, and contentment. In, in the 70s, you heard of Xanadu a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because that's where people's minds were in the 70s. <laughs> they were yeah, all looking okay. for uh, that... Xanadu. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I never heard that term. It's a very 70s word. Which doesn't make <laughs> sense in the 50s. I was wondering if it was just like a high-class <laughs> word, but no, mm, apparently no. not. Alright. No. Um, so yeah, Charles makes that deal with Margaret for the bubble bath. That's how she gets involved, right? Right. And, oh, yeah. And then... Um, because she had... Which they needed bubble bath because they yeah. showed everyone in the tub and there wasn't any bubble bath. No. So I don't know what happened to Margaret's bubble bath. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Father Mulcahy, did you mention him? No, I did not because... So, yeah. So he... Hawkeye was in the tub in the scrub room. The first one in the, the tub. The first one in the tub with his ducky who was making a lot of noise. Frank, Frank. And PJ <laughs> ducked his head in and said, Can you keep it down? The whole camp can hear you. Frank, Frank. <laughs> and uh, then Father Mulcahy came over. BJ was standing guard at the scrub room door. And they were chatting. And basically, uh, Father Mulcahy said, Well, you know, I'd like to wash off in the in the scrub sink. And, oh, Hawkeye and I had that idea, too. He's, he's in there now. Hawk, hawk. <laughs> <laughs> BJ. <laughs> 
If I may be so bold, you're lying to the wrong man. BJ was, is not a very good liar. <laughs> well, and it's Father Mulcahy who is used to... People lying. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, he... Mulcahy was coming to use the scrub sink because everybody else was in the shower. Just to try and cool off. Because everybody had yeah. pit stains and just like a V of sweat down their front. And their backs were just sweat stained. And oh, I just hate those days. <laughs> so, you know, no I air... I got warm just be watching them. <laughs> you know, no air conditioning, 1950s. I mean, yeah, that, that would be horrible. But then, yeah, Father Mulcahy, he comes in and I love his line. Oh, you. I have a good mind to baptize the both of you in dirty water. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was. Do they change the water? Does I everyone just know. keep getting in the dirty water? I, I would uh, hope they change it, but that if it's sixty-three gallons every time, yeah, you could. That's a lot. That's a of, lot of water. That's, That's why I would want to be first yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Raiders tonsils are acting up now. To point out, the whole time he was complaining of not just being warm, but being sick. I'm. I distinctly remember, um, I think it was this, where Radar's had his tonsils out before, I thought, with Colonel Blake. You know? I thought, or was it his... Appendix. His appendix that he had he out at a different time? He did have his appendix time? out. Okay. I don't remember him getting his tonsils out, but I that's, that's a great... I love the ending of this, which we'll talk about in a little while. But. Yeah. So, yeah, it... Yeah. I, you're right, I think it was the appendix. If anybody knows offhand, can you please Let contact us, us <laughs> either whiskeyandmash at narclininc.com or go to facebook.com slash whiskeyandmash and let us know, is this the first or the second time that Radar has had his uh, tonsils out? Please let us know. Uh, yeah, he, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I was just saying I love the part to where Klinger, at the end, he's finally had it. He can't be in uh, that fur yeah. coat. One hour well, to go. Yeah, because, yeah, he, not only the fur coat, but then that rubber-reducing suit. suit. I mean, basically, like, a, um, I just looked at that, and I thought, neoprene diving suit. Yeah, that's basically, what it looked like. Yeah, you know, and, so, yeah, 23 hours, and he just... He snapped. He couldn't yeah. take it one more second. He started running, taking things off. Mm -hmm. The fur coat went flying. The yeah. scarf went flying. He had a fur scarf. Yeah. Oh, and my he gosh. jumps into the tub with... Margaret Houlihan. <laughs> and she runs out with just a towel that probably comes just below. And she looks so good. She probably wanted to do this part. I want to <laughs> show what I have. I mean, she really looks good. She does. I, if I look like that, I'd run around in that towel, too. <laughs> yeah, the towel came just above her breasts and just, just below, below her. Yeah. The V. <laughs> so, yeah, just <laughs> just a wide enough towel to cover everything, and she runs. So she runs out of the the tent where the bathtub was, and into the mess tent. Yeah, you said why the mess tent? Yeah, but maybe she just wanted to get into the closest place. Yeah, that's all I can think because, yeah. Her tent was. Maybe Her tent was like right there anyway. But yeah, because it's right outside the mess tent. Yeah. I remember feeding the dog. Yeah. It's just, if she had turned left instead, instead of going of right. straight, it would have been right there. Yeah. Unless they moved it, which is possible because continuity. Um, yeah. What else do I have here? Oh, uh, um, and that, the um, 
Sergeant Grohl, the scrounger, or Sergeant Rodent. Sergeant Roden. Roden. Without the t. Roden. R H O D E N. Roden. Offered the boy, uh, offered them um, uh, some scotch, some twelve-year-old yeah. scotch, a, a and case of they, scotch. They were tempted. Sold. Hawk, we can do better. Oh, ice oh, cream. This was oh. after. No, this was the Ten. first time. I'm talking about the first time he was offering them oh. scotch, okay, and they're like, jumping. "There's yeah. no way that they're going to give up this bathtub." But then, after it started to become a menace, then Potter ordered them to get rid of it. There was a big fight in line because mm -hmm. someone saved a spot, and you can't yeah. save spots. And and then, yeah, Roden comes back and offers them a whole case of scotch, and Hawkeye goes, sold. BJ pokes him. Hawk. We can do better. And what? Ice cream. Oh, yeah. Radar just had his tonsil, and all he wanted was ice cream. Ten gallons of ice cream. Strawberry. In this heat, there's no way. Yeah. Two cases of scotch. All right. And the well, ice and cream. And the ice cream. Ten gallons. I can't do that, sirs. I might be able to get my hands on a gallon or two. Ten gallons. <laughs> Strawberry. Strawberry. It looked uh, like good ice cream, too. Yeah, no, it did. <laughs> All right, sirs. Boy, I must be losing my touch. Last ride, I would have talked you down to a can of Spam. And the can of Spam! <laughs> <laughs> so they Sorry, get, trying to keep it quiet. <laughs> so they get their ice cream for Radar and Radar sharing, and that's... So sweet of him. And Klinger was so sweet also. Because he did get a bowl of ice cream and brought it to Margaret for that closing after yeah. the yeah. last commercial. Post-commercial. Yeah, post <laughs> and he brought it and she was grateful. Yeah. I, I love his last line. <laughs> By the way, Major... What are you doing Saturday, Saturday night? night? She did look good in that towel, I was telling you. <laughs> yeah, but he got to see her outside of the towel. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he jumped in with her before she got before out. And got, she... <laughs> just saying. Yeah, all right. Fun uh, episode, very yeah, fun. One, just... of, one of the ones that didn't have a whole lot of, like, there wasn't anything too serious. I no. Think the most serious thing was Radar's tonsils. Yeah, um, yeah. But... I like these episodes, but yeah. they're not too serious, and they're just fun, and you get to see their personalities. I agree. Like BJ getting the ice cream for him. That was... Yeah. Yeah. Charles. <laughs> I'll just bribe you silly. <laughs> and he's good at it. Yeah. Um, a couple of other facts that we didn't mention. Uh, Todd Gehring, who plays Sergeant Roden, also appeared as a bureaucratic supply officer in The Incubator. Don't so. Yeah, if you remember, that's from season one. That's where they were trying to get an incubator for oh, camp. Okay. And they came across the supply sergeant who had three of everything. And they looked at it, and he had an incubator. Well, come on, you have three of them. Right. And if I gave you one, then I'd only have two. He's got triplicate on the brain. <laughs> Look, if we want to go up from you, where do we go? I'd be Colonel whatever his name was who was then willing to sell them an incubator at cost. Um, so Todd Gehring has been a supply sergeant before. on here before, just not quite this ratty one. Um, what else? The title is a spoof of the movie Some Like It Hot. Oh, okay, with Marilyn Monroe and um, the other guy. Sure. <laughs> Tony, not Tony Randall. Oh. John, uh, not John Lennon. 
The Lennon guy. You keep okay. thinking. Okay. I guess in the queue for the bath, Margaret also uh, uses a bathrobe, uh, the gown with Chinese motifs, which Lieutenant Dish wore at the party in the pilot episode. Oh. So they recycled. I know, a bathrobe. Which is it's fine. It's a silk one, I remember seeing. Yeah. Uh, guest stars recurring cast. Ted Gehring as Sergeant Roden. Johnny Hamer as Sergeant Zelmo Zale. He's the one who started the fight in the line for the bathtub. Jeff Maxwell as Igor Straminsky. We see him not only serving in the mess tent, but then he's guarding the bathtub oh, yeah. <laughs> when he's standing there and Margaret's complaining about whoever's in there taking too long. Oh, ten minutes. God. It's been ten minutes. And he, Igor looks at his watch. Nope. Not according to Mickey. <laughs> And she screamed, and who came out? And Father Mulcahy. It's my bath! And I'm going to use my whole time for minutes! <laughs> and not a moment before! <laughs> With his little... Uh, Scrubbing. It was yeah. a toilet cleaner. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it was like a bath scrubber. But that uh, one was a toilet cleaner. There are mm, bath scrubbers. Yeah. This was a toilet cleaner. You, you were right. <laughs> Jan Jordan is Nurse Baker. Kelly Nakahara is Nurse Kelly. Mick Rogers as a private, and then we have uncredited appearances by Lori Bates, Lieutenant Lori, Shari Saba as Nurse Shari, Jennifer Davis, Dennis Troy, and Roy Goldman. The production code, as we mentioned previously, was T410. Writers included uh, Ken Levine, David Isaacs, and Johnny Bonaducci, I guess. Uh, director was Tony Mordent. And original air date was October 23rd, 1978. And it had Jack Lemon in it. Okay. Sound like it had. There you go. Marilyn Monroe and Jack Lemon. There you go. All right. Next up, we have... Good movie. Season 7, Episode 8, They Call the Wind Korea. Well, this was a little bit more intense, I thought. It was. Um, you know, I think, if nothing else, this definitely adds some depth to Charles' character. He's not just this rich snob. Um, we see his medical persona come to the fore when it's needed. That said, we still see his upper class Snobbish. snobbishness yes. come back out the next day. Because basically what happens is uh, Charles is supposed to go to Tokyo for R&R. He's been waiting an hour for a chopper. And then we learn that there is a big storm coming in from the north down the peninsula. And it's going to bring crushing winds and freezing temperatures. And so it's probably grounded all the choppers. Because with that sort of wind, it would destabilize them. Which we learn later when one actually crashes. But, so Charles isn't able to get a chopper to Seoul. And Potter says that he can go by jeep if he can get there in time because it's only like an hour drive or something uh clinger says no way am i driving back in that storm potter says you can stay there if you guys get there so ray uh clinger is now motivated charles is motivated they get in the jeep and they head off they proceed to get lost well, because they couldn't take the regular road to Seoul, which would have been, mm -hmm. you know, they wouldn't have gotten lost. Right. There was an accident up there. Or no, a slow-moving convoy. Yes. So an MP, an MP who we've seen before, reroutes them, and then they get lost. 
and they come across a crashed uh, troop transport, the Greek troop transport uh, six by in the road where they end up spending the night. Back at MASH, uh, they're trying to tie down the camp and as part of that, Margaret has nurses on detail helping out. Well, the water tower collapses, injures a bunch of people, including one of Margaret's nurses. Uh, a chopper goes down, injuring people, and then a couple of huts collapse in a nearby village and injure a couple more. So, And one little boy in the minefield. Oh, right. Yeah. The boy was chasing some livestock and chased them into the minefield. Uh -huh. So the OR at MASH was busy all night. And they didn't have Clinger or Winchester. Yep. Not so much care if they have Clinger, but no. Winchester would have been needed. Yeah. But he was on R&R &R anyway. Right. Um, also, Babette, one, oh. of, one of Radar's uh, guinea pigs, gets lost in the storm. But then everything is right by the end. Clinger finds out that the 6 by <laughs> troop transport that was tipped over was 200 yards away from camp. Just over the hill. Yeah. Like if, and they were had some pretty intense weather. Mm-hmm. So. So they get back into camp. Everybody's patched up. And all is right with the world, basically. Uh, like I say, when Charles is tending to these wounded Greek soldiers in this tipped-over troop transport, um, he's doing his best with basically just a medic bag. Right. And... It's trying conditions. They're trying not to freeze to death. And this one guy has a chest wound that apparently caused um, a puncture in his lung. So his chest is filling up with air, which means that he can't breathe because then his lung can't inflate. And so what Charles ends up having to do is, without anesthesia... Surgery. Yeah, he, he cuts a hole in the guy's chest in between his ribs, sticks in a length of surgical tubing. And he wasn't sure if it was going to work. In fact, no. he was pretty negative on the fact that it would work, but it mm -hmm. was something. Yeah. And then he uses a syringe and sucks out the air. And, you know, he's just trying to save this guy's life, doesn't sanitize, doesn't do any of this. But like I had said at the start of this episode, um, I think we really see Charles' uh, medical training come out here because... You know, Klinger says, you have to do something. He's dying, and so Charles does what he has to do. Despite the fact that he's like, it's impossible. I can't do it. There's no... I don't have the proper tools. I can't. You just gotta do it. And he, he does and what he can. Um, I like when... Um, it was mm -hmm. They were laying there at night, and him and Klinger were laying there, and Klinger said, we don't know anything about each other. So <laughs> Winchester was kind of telling his life story of yeah. how I had anything I wanted. I was so privileged. I, I was had, born in uh, my grandmama's house on Beacon Hill. You wouldn't have even been able to walk past it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was telling about how he had everything, boarding I wanted schools. For nothing. Um, I was given a stock portfolio. Yes, and I he, was dissecting frogs by the age of eight. Well, that's not unusual. Ah, but I could put them back, back together. <laughs> there was the unusual part. Mm. <laughs> so he was very young when he had this surgical ability, and yeah. he knew how to do 
put a frog back together. We can I, all take them apart. I'm guessing that's boasting, but still, it gets the point across. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, Major, that's cool. You want to hear about my life? Nah. <laughs> no. Not particularly. <laughs> I've got to work on my Charles impression. Mm. I can get better at that. So, it, it was an interesting night, and you got yeah. to hear a little bit. And he was so proud of the fact that he had servants, and he went to boys' mm -hmm. places rather than yeah. just having parents. Like, it was oh, yeah. it was a good thing. Like, he was looking at it as a good thing. Oh, Where, yeah. No, it... I mean, um, to the best schools. Mm -hmm. You know, looking at like what I've read up on uh, the Kennedys and their background. Yeah, they would have gone to very exclusive schools, boarding uh, schools. Yeah, so they that would just be hard to send your kid to. I would think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Come Can we on. send Ryan away? No. <laughs> Come on, you don't have to deal with them for months at a time. What's so bad about that? Oh. I'm kidding. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, um, the nurses, uh, or the, the people getting hurt, the nurses, mainly, um, the, I think the wounded, the, the camp's wounded are really embodied in Nurse Bigelow. Yes, especially Margaret, because she had just yelled at her right before. Yeah, and so we, yeah, it was, I think it was a little forced on Margaret's part. It, it seemed a little uncharacteristic of her it to did. just go off on Bigelow like that. Like, old Margaret, season one, two, three, maybe, but... She I, screamed at her. Yeah. Just, just like, because she went into, kind of, they, she invited Hawkeye for a little... Yeah. Marshmallows and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bigelow stopped in the swamp to invite Hawkeye to a party of marshmallows and hot cocoa, and Hawkeye's just like, those. who else is invited? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. But when she walked out, Margaret just... She's like, I put you on. At the very least, it seemed like Margaret's response and Bigelow's response were disconnected. Like, it, it felt to me like Bigelow's response of, oh, Major, yeah. was to a much lower level of anger <laughs> than, what, than what Margaret was putting out there. You know, like, now, where have you been? You should have been on... Duty, duty doing all this thing oh major don't oh major me just go and do it instead of what are you doing oh major it just those didn't seem to mesh to me it, yeah i understand what you're saying yeah but before all of the commotion I, there was a line that i thought was quite funny when oh. they said um it looks like we're in for a quiet evening oh, and then yeah. they said a regular doc holiday <laughs> It's an old movie, too. Nice. So, a doc holiday. I didn't catch that. Okay. But, no, and it would have made sense because nobody's going to fight in that if it's that bad. You're not going to be able to right. fly troops back if it's that bad. But, but it all happened to be closer things. Mm -hmm. And if they would have known, there would have been four Greek people there, too. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why the chopper went down. The chopper was out looking for the Greek convoy or the Greek... Right transport that got lost because they didn't want them to be stuck out in the cold freezing to death either and they probably took the same path that um that winchester you know thinking that yeah. okay i have to take and maybe it wasn't right right left the way the guy said maybe because they both ended up in the same spot i'm sure that the mp knew what he was talking about okay well i'm sure that the mp knew but yeah the greeks 
maybe it was the same route, maybe not, but clearly they got lost and something happened. I'm still not sure how they rolled, because yeah, there was the this Jeep. old Jeep, which looked like it had been there for a while, so I don't know if the driver was just dozing and didn't see it, and then, like, tried to swerve and then pfft, went over. Uh, I don't know. Because if they had, like, tried to avoid a Jeep that was coming at them, there would be another driver. Right. But there was a total of, like, four. five, four, yeah, a driver four. and three guys, which also, by the way... Why are there only three guys on a six-by troop transport? You can fit them in a Jeep. We know this because at the end, they, Winchester, Klinger, and all of Winchester's luggage, four bags full. All were in a Jeep. Yeah. So, I don't know quite why you would have that few in a Jeep, in a, in a troop transport, but whatever. Um, Bigelow, Margaret is helping Hawkeye operate on her in OR and she feels response what what did you just say Margaret is helping Hawkeye operate okay, on I Bigelow. Bigelow was helping Margaret no Margaret yeah, is helping, helping Hawkeye Hawk operate okay. on Bigelow, on Bigelow. Yeah. because she felt guilty about and she needs surgeries I mean she was hurt badly yeah it wasn't yeah like, whoops I fell and hurt no. my shoulder she no was Hawkeye hurt. said that she was bleeding internally and needed right. surgery um but, yeah, Margaret felt responsible, and so she was helping uh, on the surgery, but she kept trying to be the doctor. <laughs> yeah, get the whatever. Yeah, and Hawkeye makes a comment, Margaret, I, I'm glad that you're helping me, but you have to let me be the surgeon. <laughs> Sorry, doctor. Scissors. In walks Radar, looking for Babette again. Mm, yeah. He hasn't slept because he's been looking for a buffet. Yeah. If that rat is in here... It'll contaminate the whole place. I uh, give that. <laughs> I give her a bath every day, Major. She's cleaner than me. That's not saying very much, Radar. No, no I'm saying a lot. But, yeah, um, Winchester was really having a hard time with the conditions. He kept talking about the conditions. I can't believe these conditions. Mm-hmm. And... He, he was longing to be back at MASH. Yeah, which was very interesting. And we see that when he gets back. Um, you know, uh, Colonel Potter says, I guess you'll be taking advantage of the rest of your R&R. And Charles says, indeed. And he just gets up out of the Jeep and starts heading to the swamp. And Potter says, Major, where are you going? Be it ever so crumble. There's no place like home. Yeah. So for him to call that home, mm -hmm. it's much more luxurious than the back of the Jeep. So, you know, this is a point where, again, I think we see some character development, not only in the field where he's doing the operating in adverse conditions, but that gives him some perspective as well, right. where it may not be the best, but... It's a lot better than nothing. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit of a change that we're starting to see in Winchester, which is kind of interesting. He's starting to see these people as his family although yeah. maybe <laughs> not i think that's going think a little too far maybe lower class know, relatives lower class relatives yes maybe but um, as someone that he can be with as mm -hmm. I, I don't even want to say friends because yeah. i don't think they'll ever be friends no i think we even see that in the last episode where he just in the last episode of the series i think he makes some comment about after i get home i want to try and forget this whole place i think i can't remember I know, we'll but see they all when we talked about yeah you know i do know that his parents ended up being good friends with yeah, radar's parents yeah 
which is a great episode we'll get to. We could, that would be such a fun show to watch mm-hmm. if they would have made that back then. Yeah. Um, that would have been a great ending, having all the families come together. That would be interesting, yeah. Yeah. Big um, cast, though, I guess. Yeah. One other comment I just want to make is Margaret coming to visit Bigelow in post-op. Oh, yes. Um, it, it's just... Brought her some toiletries. Yeah. You know, some makeup so she can freshen up and whatnot. But, you know, privately, like, Margaret's saying this very quietly and close and soft and then Bigelow, as Margaret starts to leave, she says, Major, that was very nice of you. Thank you. And then Margaret is now, like, in the in the aisle between the beds, and she says, yes, well, louder. She says, yes, well, get better. We need you. We need you. So. It was just her way of being kind. Yeah. She's still not sure how. She's learning. She's learning. Because even she pushed... Um, Hawkeye away when Hawkeye came and said come on what's up with you and she pushed him away at first and then opened up she's she's, Mm -hmm. so she's learning she is but I just I think it's almost um, okay like major I think it was major topper where that the major from the British regiment yes where he came in and like he was all very brusque with his men at first yes and then he showed them them Kindness, and I think that's like privately Margaret can be kind, but publicly she still has to be the boss because that's who she is, and it's yeah. harder for a woman to do that, especially back then. Mm-hmm. You know, there was still a lot of you know, it's easy to think in our head of women being a leader, but back then women weren't allowed to be leaders, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, I just I think that's a very interesting thing to see Margaret do for that reason, right? I do too, yeah. Anything else about this episode? No. Okay. Two great episodes. Yeah. But they all are, except for the clip episode that wasn't. <laughs> There's a reason we only spent like 10 minutes on the, and, and on an hour show. I'm sorry. that That's my second least favorite episode over top of, I think it was Love and War. You know oh, the one. Oh, yeah, because I love I, it. I love I and war it. I that one. <laughs> anyway. Um, it was out of character, but it was great. Okay. Just a couple of notes okay. from the wiki page. One is, you know, again, the seasons are a little based on the whimsy of the writers, and it reiterates here. Uh, if if the cast got too picky about their lines, the screenwriters uh, would accommodate their request, but then would make a bunch of changes of their own, like forcing them to wear parkas and huddle around fires in the middle of summer (sighs) and after a few of those times that didn't happen anymore and we know this because uh ken levine who wrote many of season seven episodes commented on that in his blog so that's (laughs) that's we know that that's true um also at the beginning of the episode i forgot about this there was a great moment where where radar came in with all of this news about the storm and colonel potter's like okay we've got to hunker everything down yeah. Well, yeah. Colonel Potter was painting a his, picture of his thumb. His thumb, <laughs> while sitting on his saddle. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice that. I knew he <laughs> yes, had his hat on. He had his saddle where he was sitting and painting. Um, but yeah, Radar is going through this list of you know what to try and tie down and all this, and he's doing his normal Radar thing, and Potter Guessing is things. yeah, and then Potter starts to say something. And Radar guesses. And Potter goes, ah! I gotcha. 
gotcha. I was going to say nail down the windows and post up. <laughs> and Radar <laughs> is rather frustrated, but Potter's very delighted. And I think this is the first time in the whole oh. run that we've ever seen Radar not get it right. And I'm sure that was something to do with the writers. Yeah, but you know, it, that is a really neat moment. Yeah, I thought so too. Because like Colonel Blake never... Did we see that happen? Or try. I mean, yeah, he but, was happy to have someone do it all for him. Huh? Yeah, but Potter, Potter was able to do it. Potter was able to fool Radar's senses, so that's, I thought that was neat. Uh, guest stars recurring cast, we had Enid Kent as Nurse Bigelow. Paul Kavanaugh, Kavanos as Sergeant, I do not even know how to say that last name. Katrifotis? Well, one of the Greek guys. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That would be one of the Greek guys. Yeah. Randy Stumpf is the other Greek soldier. You're right. That's why I can't say it. I don't know how to pronounce that. C-U-T-R-I-F-I-O-T-I-S. So that has to be, at least it was intended to be a Greek name. If you know how to say that, please let us know. Let us know. Uh, Tom Denver as the MP. And this isn't the only time we've seen Tom Denver as an MP. Mm -mm. We've seen him previously. The production code for this episode was T407. So again, this one, which apparently occurs in winter, was filmed before the one. In the summer. But it was shown after. Uh, the writers were Ken Levine, David Isaacs. Director was Charles S. Dubin. And the original air date was October 30th, 1978. All right. Okay, great show. Yeah. So... Uh, as always, thanks for tuning into this podcast. If you enjoyed it and you want to help support us, the best way to do that is to get other people to listen to it. Share this podcast, this episode, with a friendly, fa a friendly family member, a friend, and or. a family member, a coworker, somebody you think would enjoy listening to this podcast. If you want to follow us, see what. Uh, we have going on you can do so by heading over to facebook.com slash whiskey and mash if you'd rather not try and type that all in head over to our website by typing this in instead narclanic.com that's n-a-r-c-l-a-n-i-n-c dot com go to the podcast section of the page go to the whiskey and mash page itself and there we will have a link out to our facebook page where you can just click and it'll take you over there also next to that you'll have a link where you can email the show Underneath all of that are all the back MP3s of all of our episodes. You can either download those to your MP3 device and listen to them there, or you can stream them right off the web page. Otherwise, if you do the podcast thing, you can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Just search for Whiskey and Mash. You can also find us over on Stitcher Radio. We're uploading to there as well. Uh, I went through our Facebook feed and just uh, the names that I could grab, I did grab, so... The ones I found, Angela Peck, uh, Bevan Depler, Brandon Young, Rob Marks. Those are people who have liked or commented on some of our posts. So thank you for letting us know that you're out there. To the rest of you who might be, or who hopefully are listening, uh, go out there, like our posts. Let us know what you thought about our little reviews of the episodes. Let us know what you think. Let us know that you are out there. That is what we would like. Okay. I'm winded, so <laughs> with that, let's uh, say I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria. And see Have you next time. Day. Yeah. I like this one like a hot, and I like that it was after that show. Yeah. <laughs>
We might have woke up, woken up right I think we did. Whoops. tried. Me too. No, I don't think so either. There you go. Bye. Bye, everyone.